All right, what's up, men? Welcome to another episode of the Biblical Masculinity Podcast. My name is Moses Birdie, and I am the host and founder of this podcast and this movement where we are dedicated to reforging biblical characteristics, biblical traits, and biblical habits in the lives of the modern man. Guys, I've got a bad habit of focusing on the, the invisible, the immaterial aspects of masculinity. That which is studied rather than that which is done. But that's just half the battle, you know, the studying stuff. Half the development is in the actionable stuff, the things we do, the tactics, the, the nitty-gritty, the, you know, the brass tacks. It's really doing the work. It's hard, you know. But ultimately, that's my vision for this podcast. I want the discussions that we have that I have with people and with you guys to be chocked full of actionable intel, things you can do and implement as soon as possible to become a more productive and efficient, uh, a more biblical man. So today's episode is an attempt to balance that out by discussing the idea of biblical morning routines, and more specifically, some passages of scripture that might shed light on the how and why. All right, before we get into the meat of this particular idea of developing biblical morning routines, I want to touch on a couple of quick announcements. I really do want to make these quick today. Um, so first and foremost, we're launching our workshop May 15th. Okay, Men, I'm going to be very blunt here. Um, a lot of guys struggle with pornography. A lot of guys feel that ache in their hearts because it's something that they want to get through, they want to get over, they want to learn to fight and resist this horrible monster in them. Statistically, it's about 65% of guys. All right, so we've created a workshop. I've created a workshop here at Biblical Masculinity. It's going to be on our website starting May 15th. It is a guide to walking in freedom from sexual sin and pornography. Okay. You can be free of the bondage of this sexual sin. It is possible. All right. It's going to be available for purchase on our website under workshops. It's $50. But and I say this, this disclaimer, um, that is only because of the sheer amount of time, reading, research, prayer, production that went into its creation. Okay. It's not a simple thing to just make a workshop. The $50 just helps us to continue to create content like that. But, but I will not allow a dollar figure to come between you and walking in freedom from pornography. So if you can't, uh, if, if, if it's something that you want to be free from, you know, if you're willing to be honest with yourself and you can't afford it, but you want to be walking freedom from it, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. I will send it to you and you will have access to it for free. Okay. You can walk in freedom from pornography. And you can honor God with your body. Be on the lookout May 15th, biblicalmasculinity.org slash workshops. Okay. Second announcement. Guys, it is finally here. The Upper Room Collective, an exclusive men's brotherhood. Guys, we have built this brotherhood because it is important for men to be in community. We are called according to scripture to be in community, particularly with other men. Um but this brotherhood is not for the faint of heart, okay? It is for men who aspire to become faithful Christian men who seek to draw near to God and live more fully in accordance with the biblical worldview, all right? 
in it, you will join into teams where you will engage on a monthly topic with those battle teams um, and actually go and actively execute on these topics. All right, and there's a wide variety of topics we're going to be going over. Okay, June is developing powerful daily routines, kind of like what we're going over today, but today is going to be the fundamentals. July is about heroes and legends. August, minimizing your secular footprint. September, killing the Mr. Nice Guy syndrome. October, preparing for dark days. November, building testosterone. December, overcoming fear. January, building charisma. February, developing your apologia. March, tribe building. Tribe building, so crucial. So excited for that one. April, spiritual warfare. May, vigilance. These are topics. That's, that's the next year, guys. These are the topics we're going to be studying and discussing week by week. And then we're going to actively be living these things out in the Upper Room Collective and holding each other's feet to the fire in regard to these. Man, I promise you, you are going to get so much out of this. This is going to be fantastic. You're not going to want to miss out. We're opening up the first 30 slots for the month of June starting now. Okay, so if you go online, you can pre-enroll in this and uh starting june 1st 2021 we are going to be um diving right into these these topics and and how we can better ourselves as men and holding each other's feet to the fire we're going to be building community we're going to be building masculinity and it is going to be the best thing that has ever hit the internet i am so stoked so freaking stoked for this okay info's on our site biblicalmasculinity.org don't miss out all right become the man that you are meant to be get in this community all right, that is all the announcements that I've got for today. Let us dive in, all right? Now, the reason I want to address this topic is because of my own tendency as, tendencies as a man, all right? Um, and, and also because I see those tendencies in a lot of other guys. And that is to put off reading and, and getting in Scripture until the end of the day, all right? I get up, I shut off my, my sixth or seventh phone alarm because I'm lazy, and then I scroll down Instagram for an hour before I need to get ready. And that's assuming that I don't need to go to work that day, like right away. You know, on those days, I have a tendency to wake up at 6.45 and be out the door at 7. I go about my day. I'm stressed out. I start snapping at people. I curse like a sailor. And I hardly acknowledge God throughout my day. It is a pattern for me. By the time I get home from work, I'm ready for me time. Because I'm like, I just spent a whole, you know, day, 10 hours, 9... 10 plus hours working for somebody else to line their pocket. Now I'm ready for me time. And then I get, you know, maybe get into scripture right before bed. And then I'm likely only half awake when I do. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Does this sound familiar at all? So the question I started asking myself was why? Why even read? What's the point? Devotion? Devotion to study? Devotion to knowing God? I was giving him the leftovers. There's no way that that honored God. And so I started reading through the Bible about maybe how the men of old did it. How did they set up their days? What did they bookend their day with? They were righteous men after all, right? They must have, they must have done something the right way. Well, there aren't a ton of examples to look at. Just one, really. And that example is Jesus, ironically. <laughs> Let's look at the passage. 
on, on how and why Jesus built a morning routine. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, it says, very in the, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I'm going to read that again. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, this was noted to be done several times by Jesus, which is what makes me assume that it was somewhat of a morning routine for him. You know, we also see him doing it on the Mount of Olives prior to his betrayal and arrest. But, okay, why did he do this? You know, let's dissect this passage. Let's pick it apart, piece by piece, phrase by phrase. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. The Jews typically started their day at sunup. The world would wake and begin to move. People would start working. Jesus was intentionally rising well before the sun came up while it was still dark. That's like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., that kind of thing. All right? He wanted to avoid the distractions of life and people. It then says that he left the house and went to a solitary place. At this particular point, Jesus was staying in somebody's house, probably not his own house, but he intentionally left the comfort of the bed, which is probably not all that comfortable, to be honest, um, but he left the, the hospitality of whatever home he was staying in, and he went off to be in solitude. He walked, he got up, he went and walked, and got moving. Why did he do this? Why all of this? Well, the last line tells us where he prayed. That was the purpose. Jesus got up early. He wanted to avoid the distractions of life, the hospitality, and, and the pesky disciples because they were always asking questions so that he could commune with the Father. So he got up early before the world was awake to seek solitude and commune with God. This was the example that Jesus set for us. This is what he did. And I think we should do it too. Now, obviously, it's not mandated that we wake up early uh, or, or only commune with God in the morning. There's no command tied to that. But Jesus was sinless, in part because he was God, yes, but also because he knew the best way to go about living life and avoiding sin was loving and communing with the Father. John 14, 15 talks about this. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Romans 6 and 7 do as well. They talk about the nature of sin and how we are you know, uh, to, to deal with sin because of our, our new identities in Christ. If the practice was good enough for Jesus, not, if it was ideal for Jesus, this was the ideal, this is what he chose to do, this was the best, best path for him to take, then it should be ideal for us as well. There are other scriptures that, at least to some degree, exalt the morning over other parts of the day as well. Um, we see that a lot in the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. 
In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Here, David sings of supplication. In the morning, he brings his requests before God. He prays and asks of God, and he waits expectantly. He knows that God will guide his day, and he hopes that it will be in alignment with his requests. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage that shows the heart posture of David while magnifying the idea of morning supplication. Another psalm, uh, Psalm 143, verse 8, says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for I entrust you with my life. What is the implication here in Psalm 143? David's anchoring his day in the guidance of the Lord by spending the morning in prayer. He seeks God in the morning, that God would guide him throughout his day. It centers him. It sets his priorities. So what else do these passages tell us about how to pray in the morning? As men who desire to obey God and to keep his commands, to seek him, part of our prayer routine in the morning ought to be asking God for guidance, requesting that God lead us throughout our day, presenting us with opportunities to do his will, to fulfill the Great Commission. You know that's what our calling is, right? We're fishers of men. We commit our lives to Jesus and we entrust him with our lives. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 is another great passage that speaks of what we are to do in the mornings. It says, commit your work to the Lord. So, sorry, Psalm 16, verse 3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So, commit your work to the Lord. Bring into alignment your plans to the Lord's will. And if you do this, you will be sure to succeed. Why is that? And then, I mean, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty heavy you know statement to make. I understand the the potential heresy involved there, um, but we know that God will fulfill whatever He wills. You know, Psalm one fifteen verse three says so. Our God is in heaven; He does whatever He pleases. And so, commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. What does that mean? to commit your work to the Lord, to bring your plans into alignment with the Lord's will. If you commit your work to his will, your plans will be established. What does it mean to establish something? You know, what does that look like for us? Does that mean absolute success all the time? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but it means to, to establish something means to build a foundation for it, to cement it, to solidify it, to support it. God does these things when you revolve your plans for your day around his will. It's a great, great passage. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. So what biblical principles do we understand about morning routines? Yeah, The Bible doesn't tell us to go to the gym first thing. It doesn't tell us to set out your exercise clothes at the foot of your bed so you make sure that you get up and exercise or, or, or to place your phone on the other side of the room to avoid hitting the snooze button 18 times like I have a tendency to do. 
or to eat an avocado egg white toast sandwich every morning for maximum energy output and efficiency. These things don't matter to God. They're supplementary. They're icing on the cake. What matters to God, what is outlined in his word, is this. Get up while it's still dark. The general equity of this idea is to remove yourself from the distractions of the world. If you can do that, if you can remove yourself from the distractions of life after the sun comes up, cool, awesome. I don't think that the, the level of brightness is relevant to the general equity of the statement. But learn to put your phone away. Learn to get away from your wife and kids for a bit. And if that means you get up well before they do, so be it. But do what you need to do to find solitude with God, undistracted, and present that time to him as a sacrifice. It is the first fruits of your day. All right, I talk about this all the time, the story of Cain and Abel. It's something that stumped me for years and years and years. You know, why did God accept Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's offering when he made Cain to be somebody who labored on the ground and Abel was somebody who just naturally tended livestock. This is what they had. They gave out of what they had. What's so bad about that? The principle wasn't about what they gave or the quantity of what they gave. It wasn't about a tithe or a tenth. It was the first fruits. Abel gave the first fruits of his flock. And Cain didn't specifically give the first fruits of his his uh his harvest that's what matters to god give him the first fruits of your time the first fruits of your day present that as a sacrifice to him so what else do we understand about morning routines what else does the bible say the word of god say it says, walk, get moving, wake up. Jesus went and he left the house. Now, perhaps this was part of his search for solitude. It likely was. But physiologically, we know that movement clears the mind. It wakes you up. It also drives away restlessness so that you can think clearly. Get up early, guys. Go walk around. The Bible also says to spend time in communion with God. Commit your work to the Lord. Ask that he bend your will to his. Lay your requests before him. Put your trust in him and set the tone for your day. That's how you build the foundation for your day. A God-honoring day. If you want to spice it up afterwards with a gym session or, or avocado toast, so be it. But give to God the first fruits of your day. Men, that's all I've got. That's all I've got for this passage. And, and you know, something that I talked about in the very, very beginning during our announcements was that the very first month, the very first month of the, uh, the monthly topics within the collective, the upper room collective that we're going to have, we're going to talk about morning routines. We're going to talk about how to be efficient and better men and stronger men, better protectors, providers, leaders, more committed men, more competent men. 
We're going to talk about all of these things in regard to morning routines. But this, this is important. Getting the foundations right. The first fruits right. That's the point for today. And if you took anything at all from this episode, if you were encouraged, motivated, or edified by this episode, guys, don't forget to like, okay? Subscribe, save, hit the notification bell, whatever you feel like you got to do. You know, subscriptions don't mean as much as they used to, so, so that notification button is imperative to you hearing the content we produce here at Biblical Masculinity, especially because they're censoring things now. I would not be surprised if, if you even mention God or the Bible or biblical, it's in our name, that your stuff will probably be suppressed. So hit that notification bell so that you're notified when we drop new content, when we drop new podcasts. All right? It's imperative to you being able to hear our content. If you really want to do us a solid, leave us a rating and review. That's how the algorithms know that this was a this content's beneficial to you so that they can know that it's valuable and they want to push it to other people and other um, other men who need to hear this message. All right? Don't forget to check out our website, biblicalmasculinity.org, and all of the resources we've got available and are cooking up over there. We've got workshops. We've got merch. We've got some really awesome T-shirts and hoodies. If you want to rock the lifestyle, that's a great way to do it. It also supports us in our work here at uh, biblicalmasculinity.org. Um, there's going to be a ton of other workshops that we're working on right now, in addition to information on the Upper Room Collective. Guys, it is not a... Uh, it is not something you're going to want to miss out on. If you've got an itch to join a community of men that are going to hold your feet to the fire and push you to become a stronger, better, more faithful man of God, consider joining us in the Upper Room Collective. You will not be disappointed. Okay? Thank you again for watching. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up as faithful men in your lives, in your families, and in communities. I appreciate all of you. I'm praying for all of you. Thank you for watching and listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Masculinity Podcast. Are you ready to assume the mantle of the biblical man? Join us now at biblicalmasculinity.org and become the man that you were always meant to be.